this week on Invasion of the Podcast, I can stop being afraid of televisions that go to static now. We talk about characters' identities in video games of who we love to play and who do we love to be. And we have a list of uh, man's best friend or man's worst friend. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. We're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. Um, I'm Paul. Uh, don't you dare call me Elemental Shaman Stedman. <laughs> and, uh, and then to my left is Joe. He means Hanzo Peters. That's what I don't know. I guess. That was, <laughs> oh man! Would well, accuse this, you of meaning Hanzo. This podcast is over. Yeah, we're done now. No, we're gonna be talking about characters and identity and um, like what we like to play and, and what we identify with. Um, that will be later. Also, for the show, I just want to say uh, thanks to everybody listening last week. Uh, we we definitely saw uh, some uh, some perk in the numbers. So we, you guys did deliver on the promise of checking us out. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy this show. Uh, there will be ninety percent less wrestling discussed in this show. So there might still be a 10% that yep. will sneak in. Um, and also, just an update, as I said on our Facebook page, if you guys were following it, um, the four people that we called out last week, unfortunately, we did not get contact from them. So those prizes are still on the table. So we will be doing another poll uh, this episode and because we want to give away these prizes just yep. as much as you guys want them. I think we should up the stakes. Yeah? Yeah. I'm burning everything if nobody... <laughs> Nobody emails us. Burning, aka yeah. just keeping. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn it. Put a video on it. No, I'm just yeah. being a pyromaniac. Uh, like, like this people that went out and bought the PlayStation threes and Nintendo uh, Wii's when they first came out and just drove by all the crowds and just broke them in front of them. Yeah. Do you remember that? It's like you got to sponsor the breaking of an Xbox 360 when it first came out. No, I, you I, never I, saw those videos. I've seen people break things like iPads and you know yell out the car door or car window about snape killing dumbledore and yeah there was someone that, that like they people donated like a dollar and someone got a playstation 3 when they first came out and there's a long line and you see people walk out the box and sit it down and everybody's like ooh, and they just take a sledgehammer and just broke it in front of them and you just hear these cries of anguish of like why did you do that yeah. so we won't joe won't do that or maybe he will I don't know, uh, but we're going to be doing a poll for uh, the, those prizes still. So uh, stay tuned for that. You don't know when it's coming. You know, it could be right now or it could be at the end of the episode, probably the end of the episode, or maybe not. I guess you'll just have to listen. We're just going to leave you guessing. Uh, but Probably right before the game. Probably, <laughs> maybe. We don't know. Uh, but you don't know when the game's going to start. Could yeah. be could be right now. Uh, no. Uh, so um, real quick, just want to mention uh, before we get into, into news proper, Joe, I know you you've not been watching Game of Thrones as of recent. No, I'm gonna wait till it's. I watched. So you're waiting till 2019 when it's all over. Yeah, when the books are done in, in 2052. <laughs> uh, no, uh, which I'm gonna tell you a story about my weekend, which ties into that. Okay. Um. Uh. So I watched up to season five, and then I got a little frustrated with it. I was just like, man, I'm just getting tired of whatever. So I kind of stepped away from it. And I haven't gone back to it. And I told myself, once it's done done and done, like HBO kind of like, you know, cuts it loose, then I I will go sit down and binge finish it. 
So I kind of wish you'd be caught up because I really want to talk about oh, it. Oh, it's okay. so good. And I know, like, I know, like that and Walking Dead are probably the two hottest damn things on television. And we don't really talk about either of those too much on here. I've, I've not watched The Walking Dead since season one. I watched, I, I stopped after season two. And to explain that, I think I've explained it before on the podcast is. I read a lot of Walking Dead before it became a TV show, and it was kind of hard for me to click into the TV show, uh, especially during season two with the writer's strike, and that just went into complete yeah. garbage at the farm, and I was like, ah, I can't get back to it. But um, yeah, everybody eats it up now. They, they're they in love with Walking Dead. They're in love with Game of Thrones. Um, those are the two hottest things uh, going on right now. So I don't, I'm don't. i not going to talk about specifics for Game of Thrones, so that wasn't why I mentioned it. Uh, aside from, I one, can, can we all please just stop with the Facebook posts of OMG Game of Thrones or whatever, it's like we're all watching it except for Joe. We like we we, we understand. I should just then, jump on Facebook and be like, "What do you mean? What's going like, on? Like what happened? Please tell me. I've I I don't I don't watch it. Is 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 Ned okay? Like, <laughs> is Ned okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I but, remember like early early on during season three, I was talking to one of my friends who just started watching. They're like, "Man, Ned's my boy," and I'm like, "Oh no, like." just like so many yeah. characters like don't get attached to people dude yeah and so that's uh, I, I i don't like that there's like a 24-hour window to to try to avoid spoilers it's like give people a chance like i've had to i've had to stay up just on sunday evenings just to stay caught up so i'm not ruined by it at work the reason i mentioned this though and i just wanted you to get a kick out of this one of my one of my co-workers just started the series and aside from the fact that we had this huge discussion last week about the show right by his cube and he turns he's like guys I just started after we had like a five minute conversation about it. And I was like, I thought he was joking. And then to find out that he really wasn't joking, I felt bad about it. And I apologized. He's like, it's okay. The stuff you guys are talking about right now, I won't even remember until I get there, which yeah. is, which is a good point. But we're all, so we're all kind of waiting. We're all kind of watching this barometer of like, are you there at this point yet? This point. So we're watching. So he was in the season three this week and he, he, he actually texts me. He's like, why? Why does Caitlin not let go find the rest of her kids? And he kept. And he's like, he's like, they're they're all over the place. You need to go find those kids. And he didn't get to Bad episode parenting. nine yet. He didn't get to the reigns of Castamere or whatever oh, with the red wedding. Yeah. And so I was just waiting. I didn't want to tell him like, well, it's not going to matter in a minute, you know. So then he he's on Snapchat. I just see a video of the red wedding and just him crying in the background. No, like he's like, why? What is going on? Yeah. And I just messaged him back. I'm like, that's why she's not going after her kids. Uh, so it's funny to see all of us lose our minds over the, the, you know, the end of this most recent season. And then to see someone who's marching through. And I yeah. respect that as much as we didn't realize that we, we were talking about it around him. I respect that. We didn't, we all just kind of shut up. We're like, Oh, you're season three. Man. We let him have that, that moment because if, if he did, if he knew that was coming, that takes all, that takes all the wind out of it, you know. And yeah. I just thought you'd enjoy that. There's someone this week who's experiencing the agony of the red wedding, which, if you guys have not watched Game of Thrones, I guess I ruined that. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I um, one of my buddies who read all the books, like he he used to ruin it regularly for me because, and I swear to God, he did it on purpose because he would talk to some, he talked to everybody at work, everybody at work would talk about it, and he would always assume I read the books, so he would start <laughs> talking about parts of the book and like um. Uh, like when one character died, I think in season four, and and he's just like, oh yeah, well you know he's dying next episode, right? I mean you you read the books, he dies at this point, and I'm like, no nah, man, I didn't know that. That's cool though. <laughs> like I was so mad. Isn't there isn't there a, a verb that we use to describe when someone ruins something? Oh, for us? he he has surpassed that person. <laughs> and I had this conversation with uh, 
with uh, that person recently about their their spoilerish, and I was like, no, there's, and he knows this dude too. He's like, I was like, there's somebody that's worse than you. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm like, he just, he just, he'll just all of a sudden start talking about, be like, oh, the new season of Doctor Who started with this. It was crazy. Did you see it where it did? I'm like, no, I did not see that. Maybe you should probably rethink how you phrase things when you get excited yeah, to talk about no, stuff. Like if someone's like 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 the the the, the common friend that we have. I, I, I swear to all things holy when 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 we used to work together, uh, love him to death, great guy. You know, I also hate when people are always like love this guy to death, but I'm going to tell you a terrible thing about them. Yeah, he was really good at ruining things, and I remember I had not seen uh, Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. yet, and he's like, "Let me just tell you this one thing. Let me just tell you this one thing." And I'm like, <laughs> he "Couldn't let it go." I and I'm remember. just like, "I'm good. I'm good." He's like, "Let me just tell you this one little bit. It's funny." And he's like, "There's a bit where Johnny Depp's in this little boat, and he has his compass." that points to what he wants and then it points to a bottle of rum and i'm like oh that's kind of funny so then i go to the movie to watch it and i'm like watching the movie watching the movie in the theater and i'm like he hasn't gotten a little boat yet and looked at some rum and it's the last goddamn scene in the movie i'm like you told me the very end of the film which doesn't impact the whole story but it takes the fun out of that joke i'm like why would you do that right so i don't well, know they just um it's like Liam neeson in the gray like <laughs> Like I can't wait for him to fight that wolf. I'm like, oh, they're gonna fight credits. Yeah, like what? But that, that, but that would be like this person going up to you and being yeah, like, oh, so. let me tell you about that wolf fight. And you're like, oh, oh, and they'd be like, it doesn't happen. Like, oh, like oh, yeah. just you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't so know. I think it's I the just, same way. No, anyway, my story of the weekend. Um, so like we went and saw Logan Lucky. Uh, oh, how was Logan. that? It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, very Ocean Seven Eleven. Um, <laughs> then they use that joke in the movie, but uh, the um, it was a great caper movie. i probably have not enjoyed a caper movie even ant-man as much as like oceans 11 since that like they do a really good mm. job um everybody's kind of on on point with like you know i like all the characters uh um daniel craig was hilarious what's his, his uh, name's like what johnny bang joe bang joe bang That's yeah him. um but there's a, there's one really good joke game of thrones joke because like um part of the caper is they got to kind of like get a prison riot going you know because uh Daniel Craig's character is in prison, so he's kind of got to break out. Okay. They got to make distractions. So they get like this prison riot going, and Dwight Yoakam is the um, uh, the warden, and he won't call it in. He's got too much pride, so they're trying to negotiate with all the prisoners. And he's like, okay, I got your negotiations here. He's like, we're going to get a copy of Dances with Dragons for the library, um, but these other two here, uh, it says that, um, I can't remember the names of the two books that are supposed to come out. He's like, uh, they, they have not been published yet. And then the guy comes in and comes like, that don't make no sense. He's like, George R. R. Martin should have been working on those. He's like, yeah, it says on the Wikipedia. Like, was it, was it Winds of Winter. And Winds like of Winter. A, he's like, yeah, he's like, it was, summer or something. Yeah, yeah. Winds of Winter hasn't been published yet. And he's like, and the, the prisoners start getting riled up and they're like, we don't believe you. And he's like, no, it says here on Wikipedia, Wikipedia that his production schedule has been a little hectic and cut into his writing time. <laughs> the prisoners are getting all mad. Oh, that's funny. It was really funny. But now you ruined the joke for. I'm joking. You yeah. Uh, no. I but that was like like the best joke. I mean, not that the movie wasn't funny, but that just caught me off guard. That they had this like five minute interaction about George R. R. Martin's books with a prison riot, and they were just they just could not believe that he did not write those books. <laughs> and the, like I like the idea of the prisoners just like that's all they have is time. And they're like, wait, wait. It couldn't have been done by now. Yeah, you know? he should have yeah. had it finished by now. Yeah, that's like, funny. That's really funny. How does everybody? He's, he's, and they're like, how does everybody know about what's going on? They have to be written. And they're like, he's like, well, supposedly the shows are advancing further past the book. 
<laughs> so, and I like Dwight Yoakam as an actor. Yeah. I, like, I uh, appreciate it. I, I love his music, but too. Definitely but like, go see yeah. Logan Lucky. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, Seth MacFarlane caught me off guard in that because I didn't realize who he was until, like, maybe, like, like five minutes after his character was there, and I'm like, wait, that's Seth MacFarlane. That's that's probably the best that you could say about a Seth MacFarlane performance that you didn't realize it was him initially. Because I mean, he was doing his typical like like I'm, I you know, I have an accent, so you know, I yeah. mean, he I, he's he's a voice actor, so well, yeah, but it's just like I feel like like with with Hellboy, the Golden Army, like you're like, oh, that's Seth MacFarlane, but you didn't take away from that character's you know, perform- right? Like so, I but there's other times where I it's always like, forget he's in that. Yeah, that's and I think that's that's credit to him, you know. But yeah, you know, so you know, I want I've read. I've read some stuff about Logan Lucky and it seemed like it would be a fun film and I just I have not been to the theater what was the last film I saw um, it wasn't Baby Driver uh, no it was a t- it was um, Atomic Blonde with you that was the, no I didn't see it with you yeah we didn't go see that no we didn't see- I'm rewriting history there's that time that you <laughs> went to go see Atomic yeah. Blonde um, but yeah anyway Wait, which Paul are you yeah are you C-137 Paul <laughs> I, I don't know 137C yeah um, I, 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 I am caught up on Rick and Morty but by yeah. the way which the season's amazing but that's neither so. here nor there uh, so all right, yeah. Uh, my weekend, I um, went to uh, play board games, which board games, complicated board games, which was fun. But playing board games with people you don't know, like, is a little awkward because I was one of six, and the other five knew each other, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of sitting there. I'm like, and so you can't be like when I play board games, especially if it's ones where you have the opportunity to screw somebody over. Yeah, you want to screw somebody over, and it's like I don't know these people, so I can't be like, right. like I don't know you, screw you, to find out it's like. Oh, like we're actually gonna be best friends later. I didn't know that, you know, type of thing. And it just it was uh, very challenging for me to play a game and want to win, but just be nice to everybody. Like they little they don't know me, but it yeah. was like it was awkward. Um, but it was like I was trying to engage, and it was just like and everybody's like talking shit to each other. I'm just like they're like they're, there's one point in the game where another character has to have somebody else move for them, and this person looked at me. It's like I choose you, and I was like. I don't know. Where do you want to go? Like, I wasn't trying to be like difficult, but I'm like, please don't hate me. I'll just, just, I'll take you wherever you want to go. I love game. I have board game night Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah. What'd you play? Anything? No, we, oh, well, oh, you're going not to this play. Saturday. Oh. La- well, actually last Saturday I watched the fight, Oh. but, um, I watched it at the people's house that we're going to play board games at, but we planned board game night for this coming Saturday. Nice. So. I think we're playing Munchkin. Oh, we have that. I don't yeah. know how to play that. It's it's weird. I haven't played it in a long time. But well, anyway. Anyway, let's see there there. So yeah, let's just get to the news. Good news, everyone. Good news, we're not talking about board games anymore, no. Uh so actually, as always, it seems like now in twenty seventeen, Shake's Fist. There's people dying, and people were upset about this, and rightfully so, because we hate when people die. Worst year ever. Worst year ever. Uh, Toby Hooper passed away uh, just shortly after, like, what was the last, it was, but anyway, it was like after we recorded the last episode, so I wanted to mention that. 74 years old, um, isn't always the person that you think of in terms of iconic horror, other than the big movie that he made on a really low budget, and has actually kind of changed the way lower budget films were perceived and like done mm-hmm. uh texas chainsaw massacre i remember uh i remember the first time i saw not, i want to say i don't want to say the first time i saw tcm the second time i saw tcm it stuck harder with me i think it's because i was older it's a lot of movies you know but i'll never forget that scene when when leatherface first pops out of like that back room oh my goodness and just yeah. hits that dude with that hammer and you're just like oh yeah like it's probably <laughs> one of the most brutal brutal simplistic kills it's not very like graphic, but just the 
the matter support, of factness, just of the it. matter of factness of it. And this dude just completely caught off guard with a hammer to the head. And you're like, and it wasn't just a hammer. It was like a meat mat, like a, like it was a like a tinderizer and it was something. just like, and, and, and then like the guy, the actor that gets hit with the mallet just sells it. And he's just, he's kind of twitching from it. And you just, you just see like Leatherface dragging him back into the room. And you're like, what the hell just happened? And you describe something that happened within like three seconds. And that like, happens and like that. It's yeah. like it's not a drawn out fight or a like a suspenseful like Jason stalking you type. It was a it's a hell of a scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like and you, he also did Poltergeist, right? Yeah, he did. Um, um, just to speak to Texas Chainsaw, though, that like my mom, I got a lot of my uh, my horror movie love from my mom. And it's weird because of like all the things we did watch. That's the one that she wouldn't let us watch. That was the taboo one. TCM? Was te- yeah. Um, and I think it's because when they say at the beginning with um, John Larroquette doing the voiceover at the beginning, uh, Dan Fielding from Nightcore, yeah. um, about how this is like based on true events, which it, it, it is and it isn't. It's based upon the life of Ed Gein, but there is no Texas family murder house like scenario yeah. like this with the chainsaw. She really believed it was a true story. And I, growing up, I thought it was a true story, so she didn't want me to see the fictional, the actual reality of this true story. Yeah. And I didn't see it until, I think, right before I started working with you, because I rented it from that place that we won't talk about. And that was the first time I saw it. So I saw it, what, Voldemort, in my- Voldemort's video. Yeah, Voldemort's video. I saw it in, like, my late 20s. And you're talking about, like, that moment with the, the hammer where the person just walks in the house. The movie- feels very documentary style because you they didn't get the opportunity to move the camera much because they just couldn't. Like there's the one tracking shot at the beginning that they literally were moving pieces of track in front of it like one at a time, like real like slowly, because all they had was like three pieces of track to move the camera. So as as it's moving on one, they moved the other one and put it in front and put it in front. Like like a fireman's brigade. Just to get one smooth shot because they didn't have the equipment. Yeah. And it just shows you like how shoestring it really was. And it's just very like so it's very efficient because it's all they had and it feels very documentary style yeah. sometimes and that's why like that bit and then the bit where the girl gets put up on the meat hook and Ugh. she just and she just she she twitches after and but the movie overall it doesn't show the, much of the violence a lot of it's more like implied yeah and i think people forget that like that you watch it now compared to some of the stuff that people hold up as like this big gore you know the the you know people that love that stuff it's a very tame film yeah, but it's it is. very unsettling that's yeah. the thing is, is it's not so much as a visual unsettling, like watching like, you know, body parts and, and, and innards and things like that flying out. It's, it's the implied terror of an unsettling terror. It's just like, cause I mean, after he drags that guy back there, you don't know what's going on. Well, and then there's the bit with the grandfather where he's at the table and they're trying to feed him. And then they're also trying to get him to kill the one girl and they keep giving him the hammer. It just slips out of his hand. It's maddening because it's like. You, this person's like they can't function anymore but they're like oh let's get him let's get him one more kill and it's like i, I don't know it, it feels like a very family argument while someone's just sitting there in terror like, it's just very and at the very end that last shot of leatherface running as the sun's rising as he's just like taking the chainsaw and whipping around like he's dancing but also like out of anger i don't know it's very very effective yeah you know and and you mentioned poltergeist and i just want to and that's the beginning of the show i talked about being afraid of tvs that had the static on the screen. It's that movie. That movie, we watched that as a kid. That was no problem. Whatever. I was terrified of Poltergeist God when I was a kid. damn that movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't I know. I couldn't if, really watch all of it. That's a PG movie, by the way. Well, that was back in the day before they had PG-13s. But, but it wasn't considered R, even though you had a tree eating a kid. You yeah. Know? Like, like, and the some of the, like, the clowns, the clown thing was terrifying. I, I remember that. The clown under the bed. I mean, yes. And I, then I mean, people who have not seen Poltergeist. Like, the I counting just, of the lightning, like, how far away it is, and that's very just... Ugh. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. 
Um, I remember Texas Chainsaw having one of the best taglines from horror movie ever with uh, uh, who will survive and what will be left of them. That's like, a good line. That's such a good line because yeah. it's just like it implies that like every horror movie always has a survivor, but it implies that they're not. No, they're yeah. not really going to be intact. Um, and and also, uh, uh, Toby Hooper also did the the TV miniseries of Salem's Lot in the seventies, which that's another one that screwed me up as a kid because there's a bit where it shows this vampire boy floating outside of the window, and it's very just like I, something about that still really really works for me. He also did um, Life Force. I don't know if you know that movie or not, but like the space vampires, it's like uh, Patrick Stewart's in it. That sounds familiar. There's like a naked lady, full on naked lady walking through most of the movie. It's very odd, but there's there's some interesting bits to it, you know. But so he's done. He did other things other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, So I don't. But I, I think people often forget about his other output. And also, when you talk about like Carpenter and Craven, like I don't know a lot of people. I mean, people that listen to the show probably, and then uh, other people that I've associated with certainly know he belongs in that same discussion. Yeah, but I mean, um, like with Craven, like Craven, even like everybody goes to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, no one so. goes to Deadly Friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> or or did he do, didn't he do? Uh, did he do Nightbreed or is that Carpenter? No, that was um, that wasn't Carpenter either. That, that was, was uh, Clyde Barker. Uh, Clyde Barker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, and, and, but yeah, um, Clyde Barker had Hellraiser. You know, yeah. you, you think of Clyde Barker, you think of uh, Hellraiser until you watch that one we watched on Netflix. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's just it's a bummer. Like this guy, Hooper inspired. Like there, there, there's a new Texas Chainsaw coming out soon. You know, like well, they're doing the Leatherface movie. Oh, like another is, is it another prequel? It's a prequel. Uh, it's it's almost like you know what it reminds me of is uh, when Rob Zombie did Halloween and they did the the first half of the movie is like Michael in the insane asylum. Okay, that's basically what this is. Is like Leatherface gets out and he kidnaps a nurse with like three other uh, psych patients, and that's the movie. But didn't they do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, like about like eight ten years ago? I don't. Yeah. They did, but I don't because it was out after the Jessica Biel, the one the remake they did. Okay, that actually wasn't that bad. Like Platinum Dunes, I will say Platinum Dunes when they remake the movies, like they they do okay. They don't do terrible. Like like that one was okay. The Nightmare remake was okay, but it had problems. My favorite one was the Friday Thirteenth reboot. I thought that was actually pretty solid. Yeah. Some people could argue with me, Steve. I know you're listening. You can argue with me about that, but I I appreciated it. And I just, I don't know how many times. I, I guess Leatherface is interesting because it's like. He wears skin and he has a chainsaw, and but you can't see his emotions. Much like Michael Myers, like you don't know what he's, he's thinking. He's also very vocal. Like he doesn't, he doesn't. It's true. He doesn't talk and per se, but he does kind of make a lot of screaming and like like ah noises. And then the family associated too is also very, yeah. you know. So so anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, sorry he's gone, but he's left. He's left his impact. You know, definitely, that's, a, definitely yeah. a huge mark on, yeah. on cinema and horror. So um, another story here real quick. Uh, so we, we mentioned this actually this is one of our earlier episodes. Terry Pratchett when he passed away, which was sad, talking about creators that left impacts. That was like two or three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had in his will that he wanted anything that he was working on at the time to be destroyed. Yeah. And we talked about that at the time about like some people take people's work and they finish it and whatever. Like I was just thinking about this, like when Stephen King passes away, like which hopefully will not be soon, but it's going to happen eventually. Is his son, Joe Hill, going to come in and, and polish up the stuff he has left, which maybe he will. Maybe he'll get his dad's blessing to do so. I don't know. But I don't think Stephen King will do what what uh, Terry Pratchett asked for here. Uh, he asked a friend to take his hard drive with his uh, his saved works in progress and have it destroyed. So they used a steamroller that what's the steamroller's name? It actually had a name. 
Um, oh yeah, I remember. Uh, it's a famous steamroller. Not I want to say famous, but it's Lord not. Jericho is the name of the, the steamroller. That's roller. a really good steamroller name. <laughs> that's a re- that's a really yeah, it's just a good name, you know. So they they actually destroyed the the hard drive that actually had his uh, unfinished works, and that's it. And they're going to display the hard drive, the like with the whole thing devoted to him. And it's a very it's a very ter- Terry Pratchett way to be like. Don't just delete it. Just just I want it, I want it obliterated. You know, yeah. so I appreciate that. And he put out so much work that if anybody's upset that that we didn't get to see what a man fighting against a disease that was taking away his mind was working on last, I we don't need to see that. You know right. what I mean? I know he's having assistance with people helping yeah. him finish his books, but you know. It's just it's it is. I'm glad that like I'm going to take my hard drive full of podcasts. And I don't know. I'm going to like skeet shoot it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll be you done. guys are lucky. They're all in a cloud. That's yeah. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to mention that that happened. That they met. They honored his wishes. And I thought do. that I thought that was really cool that they did that. Um, you know, in a world of of uh, movies and, and television that just gets rehashed, or people are like constantly just doing whatever they can to to keep something going instead of creating something new. Uh, I think this is great uh, that he he said no. This is mine. It's it's going with me, and uh, I kind of gave you enough. Yeah, I mean, I I, don't, I can't. He has like thirty plus books he's written. So I mean, like you know, compared to some people, it's like that's more than a light. Like like for me, I will not get the all Terry Pratchett stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. I, like I've read. I think I've, I've, I've read like two books. Like <laughs> I think I've read one book. I, I didn't read all of it, but and I did play one of the games. I think. Oh, the Discworld games? One of the Discworld games, games yeah. yeah. Uh, well, his his book that he wrote with Neil Gaiman, Good Omens, which I think I've talked about on the show before, and I actually mentioned it last night when I was talking to Kevin on Strange Highways, because we had an episode about the devil, because uh, why not? Um, I, that's a good book. It's being turned into a series right now with David Tennant and Michael uh, Sheehan playing the, the main roles. So that might be one if you ever get a chance to, to check out another book. That is one of my favorite books of all time. It's funny, and it's about the end of the world, and it's great. And I love that David Tennant... I, I'm pretty sure he's playing the devil character, not the angel. So if that's the case, then it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. But yeah, Terry Pratchett, I'm glad that people honored your wishes and just didn't keep your estate and try to pump out more books. So last story here, and this ties into the poltergeist thing when you said about how this made you scare clowns. Just um, with with the movie It coming, oh, yeah, um, and hopefully this doesn't blast music here. Uh, there's a report that like people just aren't booking clowns. Mute the tab. I did mute the tab. Oh, okay. That's, I forget. Sometimes I forget to. Yeah, I, I um, read this story. Uh, <laughs> but the best part about this is that there was a lady talking about how she was early to an appointment because she's like a educational clown that does a show of some sort, and she was early. She was, she was sitting in her car like she was there 15 minutes early, and then she's on her phone and she looks up. And there's four policemen around her because someone called in a, a, a strange clown sighting. And she was just waiting to go in and do her job. But someone in the neighborhood was so scared of a clown in a car that they called well, the cops. We had those creepy clowns like a year ago that were just standing in, like, you know, forest <laughs> lines and stuff like that. So I, mean, I shouldn't laugh about it because there are some sick, sick wackos out there that will take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I like how organic it just kind of happened where it's like, oh, this was seen in like Vermont. Oh, also this was seen in Utah. Like are people all like, is there like some kind of like dark net clown form where it's like, okay, Gary, it's your turn. You need to go out and dress up like a clown this weekend. But clowning is being hurt because of, of it, which is coming out soon. I don't see why. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I see why because it's being media blasted, but like that, that story has been around forever. You know, I guess if it's just put in front of the right people and enough people, then they just, Suddenly, don't like clowns anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, Clown Fear's been around for, I mean, clearly a poltergeist with that doll. Yeah. Uh, there's the Simpsons, one of the early Simpsons episodes where it's the story of how Bart said his first, no, it wasn't his first word, it was Lisa's first word, but he stayed with, the Homer made the crib that was like this really messed up clown, and he was like, can't sleep, clown will eat me, can't sleep, I remember clown that. will eat me. Um, so I, 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 I am indifferent to clowns. I just think that I'm kind of indifferent too. Yeah. I just, you know, whatever, but I think it's funny that people are like just terrified to hire a clown right now because people don't want to deal with them. So, and then, and, and like Stephen King, he, he, he apologizes, but not like, he's like, Oh, uh, he's like, uh, there's some great clowns out there, but there's some not so great clowns out there because you made one of the scariest clowns imaginable. Of course you got to own it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's, I just wanted to, but you already know about the scary clowns and, um, yeah, so that's that's it for news. Uh, let's just get on to, to this bit. And now for our feature presentation. So while we were at uh, Wizard World, we talked to a lot of people. Um, Neo Comic Con. Or Wizard, yeah. Wizard Comic Con. We, we talked to a lot of people at Wizard World, too. <laughs> uh, we were, while we were at Neo Comic Con, uh, like a week ago, uh, we talked to a lot of people. Um, we talked to a lot of people about Overwatch, um, which got us kind of thinking uh like you know not specifically just overwatch but like games that we play uh why do we gravitate towards characters that we do play or why do we like certain characters that we do like you know what i mean i mean yeah because we're talking people are walking by in costumes and like their favorite like they're dressed up the cosplaying as overwatch or they had t-shirts and we were talking about it and they're like they're like someone had a mccree shirt on but he does he says oh i main uh reinhardt and mercy and i but a lot of these younger people, and here I am, like sound like an old person. They they all talked about maining something, and yeah. that to me, it isn't an abstract concept. I get it. I just don't know if that's the new norm now. Of this is the this is what I main as opposed to this is just you know I play the game you know or and Overwatch is kind of unique because you got twenty five options. Yeah, and they're broken down by role, but even those roles kind of overlap a little bit. So. Um, for me, I like I have a characters that I feel more comfortable playing, but I don't necessarily say I have a main quote yeah. unquote. I think I think it comes down to a lot of things, and we'll get into it. But like you, you know, you you obviously have like um, mechanics. You know, there's going to be mechanics that you like about a character that you just kind of gravitate to. Like I play uh, Heroes of the Storm a lot, which is a MOBA, and there's tons of different mechanics for all the different characters. Like all their abilities are different. Some I like, some I can't get used to. Um, and then it and then it breaks down to like the character appeal too. Like you know, if you use uh, Overwatch as an example, um, you know, like certain people will play uh, Widowmaker because they like snipers or they like the femme fatale look, or you know, maybe somebody will play Zarya because they like the 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 bodybuilder like overly powerful like Russian type character, you know. So. Um, it's all different depending on how like you, what you like and what you you know are comfortable with like what you can play and what you think is cool. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that. I just, um, as, as we're getting more and more content we're getting more games and, um, there is, there, there's games that we, we go to that are just experiences. Like you use the term on rails, uh, more in the sense of you're being guided through a story, uh, which generally has to involve the character. So you get, you, you get a reason why that character's there and why they exist and what they're doing and functioning going forward. And then you get these games, which I mean, Overwatch is, is is different in the sense that Blizzard's doing a heck of a job of giving you all the story about a team-based shooter that it, this has never really been done like this before, where they actually give you backstories and you care, but that doesn't affect gameplay whatsoever. No. Um, so, like, I have, you know, like, you just pick up story bits and I, I enjoy, like, what's going on, but it's just that... 
I don't know. There's there's games that uh, they they give you the the option of building a character, it, and sometimes it's just an illusion of changing an outfit. But then, like um like an example, Mass Effect. Uh, I I talked about here on the show and and my my slow race to finish that game. Uh, how when I finished the first two games and I went to go to take my my shepherd character, my character to the third game, my file got corrupted, so I lost my shepherd. And there is an option in Mass Effect 3 to start from that point, and most of the story's already done, but I just didn't want to do it because I felt like I didn't make the choices that I wanted to make, right? and I, my character didn't look the way I wanted it to I look. Could, I could totally relate to that. I mean, that's very that sounds very impactful. I would probably not even play Mass Effect 3 then, because I felt like, I'd feel like my shepherd was gone. Yeah, that's why like, I, like, it took me forever to get back to play. Mass Effect 1 was a good game, but after playing 2... You could see the seams kind of on that game, and it was it was a little rough to get back to. So it took me forever to play the first two games yeah. again. Um, but then I did, and I played three, and it was my but, shepherd. But but Mass Effect is a great example of a game where you make that character your own, and you definitely fill into that role, and you feel like that is you. Um, it takes a lot of of uh, creation from developers to to get people immersed into games like that. That's why things like the Mass Effect trilogy are so good. Um, because you basically actually feel like you're in the role. Granted, they only give you so many choices as as far as dialogue and whatnot, but they're they're diverse enough that you can take certain paths. You could take, uh, you know, what was it Paragon and um, Renegade Renegade paths. So you could be a good guy, bad guy. Um, Bioware was really good at that. I haven't really seen anything Bioware's put out recently, but Bioware uh, was masters of storytelling with Knights of the Old Republic. Um, one of the reasons why uh, Revan is so beloved is because that character is essentially everyone who loves Star Wars, whether you played a good Revan or a bad Revan. That's why Revan was so popular, because it's you. Yeah, well, but that's also, you. they use the conceit of, like, you lost your memory, so you didn't know who you were. Yeah. Um, I, I want to hit spoilers, but this game is quite, quite old. Uh, but you play three it's quarters of the game. Yeah. It's on iPads and phones. You it's it's a great game. I, like, I really enjoyed it. I never finished the second one. The second one was done by, um, it wasn't, it was produced by Bioware, but it was developed by Obsidian. So I don't know. It's, yeah. It was, it was, you know, whatever. What was, who was in the second game? Who was that Han Solo wannabe? Um, uh, I hated that guy. Um, well, uh, what's his name? Um, Oh my God! I can't remember. Maybe it was the guy name. from the first game. I the don't first know. game. Uh, it starts with a C. Oh, I want to say Caden. That might be right. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, so that that game, you you got to make your character and be who you wanted to be. Karth. Whether, Karth. Karth. Yeah. Don't yeah. See. Um. And <laughs> and then about like three quarters of the way through, you find out like, oh, you're this character the entire time, and I don't think that takes away from the character you've built. But then suddenly you question everything that you've been doing. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. I don't know. I guess I'm. I guess I'm of two minds. Where, like, I, I think identifying with a character, like, okay, I even go further back to to you with this. Uh, um, Street Fighter is one of your favorite fighting games, and what's the character that you that you that you identify with? Akuma. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Well, I usually always gravitate towards a lot of evil characters. <laughs> so, um, like, I, don't, I don't know what that I means. Know. Like, you know, I'm a bit like I love Vader. I love Akuma. Uh, you always give me shit about being a big Sylvanas Windrunner <laughs> fan. Um, you know, even uh, even when it comes to StarCraft, like I'm like pro Kerrigan. So, uh, but like, and and I mean that's that's like one identifying feature that you can gravitate to and it doesn't necessarily have to be something like mass effect or red dead redemption or um uh what was the other game we were just talking about um which one uh, with character creation 
Oh, um, um <laughs> totally drawing a blank. Yeah, that's anyway. how bad it is. Anyway, but no, it doesn't have to be like that, like a Mass Effect type thing where you have, you know, you're completely kind of in control of the conversation. It could be like two good examples that I think of is you take like Joel from The Last of Us, um, which that game isn't necessarily on rails, but you know, you you didn't really create Joel, but you're in Joel's shoes. But a lot of people can align and sympathize with him. Um, it, I I look at it as almost like uh, like you're you're in the driver's seat of a really well-written character and you can relate to what's going on. Um, like, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say a lot of people can relate to Walter White, but, um, you know, gravitating to that type of a character's story is what kind of like makes everybody like kind of think about like, you know, Oh, what if that was me? And then on the other hand, you know, you have, you have Joel who you can, you can, you can step into his shoes and you feel like that's you when you're trying to help Ellie and you're interacting with Ellie, like you feel like it's you yourself and not Joel. But then you have characters like Kratos. Where I was going to bring that up. Kratos yeah. is just a badass, and it's like you want to be Kratos. But okay, like, so y- you do right. <laughs> and I love God of War, and um, it just Kratos is a he's a conflicted character because he has a sense of honor, but he also has this really doomed backstory. And basically, he's he's been killing everybody because he got tricked into killing once, kind of thing, right? But then he killed for like honor and glory of Sparta before that. Um, you you're not given the choice ever to be a good guy in that game any quick time event that happens it's because of what kratos wants to do if that game was where i was given a choice of redemption or bloodbath i, I just as much as you gravitate towards <laughs> you know what like, I, the dark stuff maybe this is maybe this is why this podcast has been going on so long you're you're all about like you know what <laughs> i would totally take my blades chaos and rip this guy's part i'm more like i, would. It's I will start fun. a homeless shelter and help feed everybody and get the god's graces but i always you know. played but in but in knights of the old republic and in mass effect that was the game i was trying to think of oh yeah <laughs> uh, in knights of the old republic and in mass effect i played uh light side and paragon I didn't. I didn't play really. Renegade. You yeah. didn't play. You didn't play Dark Side. And, no. Uh, oh, I actually took Revan. Like went through the whole thing. I think I saved Bastila and everything. Hmm. So um, but, yeah. But but, but with God of War though, I enjoy because there's there's bits that happen where I I laugh because these are decisions that I would not make. But then I get into the brutality of the character where I'm like, I don't know what's coming on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tear it apart. And it, like and, and and I think it's free for me because I don't have to make that choice. And that's some and, yeah. It, that's some ways people gravitate towards <laughs> that is they don't they feel kind of. Free free with Kratos and then the game does a great job along the storyline it's like just when you kind of start feeling guilty and you're like oh he's gonna redeem himself then you come across like Perseus just being a complete jerk and just not like you know helping you and trying to kill you and you're like you're really gonna try to pick a fight with this guy and they're like all right this is why he's turning into a monster all the time is because everybody's just a jerk and he's you know well in one of the PSP games he actually ends up in um oh the afterlife which I forget the name of that now but um, he ends up over there, the same place that uh, Russell Crowe ended up in Gladiator with the wheat fields or whatever, okay, yeah. Elysian. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up there finally. He gets his reward. He gets to be with his daughter. And then he finds out that one of the gods had tricked him into basically, once you get there, I can do whatever I want to the earth and I'm going to cause all these problems. So because he's been forgiven and let in, he can't get out. So what does Kratos start doing? He starts killing everybody in Elysian to, to, to get out. And it's like, you can't, the only way you advance the game forward is if you kill everybody there and then you suddenly are deemed unworthy, you get kicked out of heaven, basically. So you can come back and be like, you said what to me? Like type of thing, yeah. right? Oh, no, so, you didn't. But, so you can't have the option of just like, can I have credits now? Like I just, that that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's not exactly the same thing, but it, it's just, um, 
there, there's things I can relate to Kratos. I don't feel myself as Kratos. Uh, but like when I play something like World of Warcraft, which I know we've talked about a lot on this game, uh, this game, this podcast, this whatever this is we do here, um, it, it, I I I have a quote unquote main character there that I put a lot of time into. You have a main. I, which I is, do have which a main. Is interesting because that term kind of coined in an MMO like that, but it's completely carried over to Overwatch, yeah. which is a Blizzard game. I mean, but, but I've been playing my shaman. Shaman? No, I've been playing my shaman for like almost 10 years now and it's as much as he looks like the next shaman with the gear and the hammer and all of that because i'll you know screw you i'm never playing elemental it's enhancement all the way no one cares about that but me um and joe uh i taught him how to play he did he taught he taught me the ways of the shaman i was like look at this two-handed mace i got watch me win fury things and i was like ooh. um (laughs) but like i feel like I've been on enough, and but the adventures I've been on, even though they've been on rails, and it's, even though in MMO you could do all these things, they all all roads lead to Rome in an MMO. You you eventually grind and and do everything the same as everybody else. But I but I was the, the memories I have is with the people I played with and what characters they had. Yeah. But I feel a really big connection to my shaman. And the day I finally walk away from that game where they shut it down, it, it's going to be weird because that is a kind of a part of my identity, you know. Yeah. And it's not one that you see at work. It's not one that you see me out like having a beer. Yeah. But but it's there. You know, but I don't have the same type of ta- like affection for that as I would like uh, like Kratos yeah. or or, you know, anybody in Overwatch, you know? Well, I don't know. And I, I, I this could be just me. I don't know. There's probably other people out there like that. There's probably people that aren't. I mean, I know people that name characters. They make some ridiculous name, you know, like Seabiscuit or something like that, you know? I do. Uh, I do have a rogue named Crawl Monday. Well, <laughs> yeah, but but no, like I I like to come up with like backstories or at least some type of explanation. It's like why is this character, this race, this class? You know, like what what are they like? You know, you know. Sometimes I even go as far as like you know. Well, I'm going to take alchemy with this guy because he's an undead priest and he he you know he he dabbles in alchemy. So it's like it starts to become part of your own identity. And like I played, I still play Dungeons and Dragons a lot. And like part of that seeps over because of that creativity. And like one of the things like I've talked to one of my friends about, and we, we both are heartily agree on is like whenever you're getting into the role of a character and you're kind of getting into role playing now, when you're talking about character identities and like characters you play, um, you take a, a like, like some character that you, you you're going to play, whether it's a good guy or a bad guy. And you, you kind of like have them personify a part of you and you just turn it up. That's so what I was like, going to ask you. Like with a lot of that, do you feel like there are traits of those characters that you wish you had more of, or things that shine yeah. through? So I have a like I have a warrior in D anD D who I've played for years, and you know he's kind of like this knight in shining armor type character. Maybe not as like cheesy and kind of like uh, uh, out of the books, like you know on the nose in, in sense. But he tries to always do the right thing and be a good guy. And I just take that part of me and I just turn it all the way up and. That's how I play him. But then, like, when I'm playing somebody evil, like, if I have, like, a dark elf wizard or something like that, and I'm, like, I, I you know, I, 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 um, you know, I can't stand other, you know, races or classes, and I'm, like, I don't like gnomes, I don't like dwarves, you know, it's, like, I just basically... Well, we could all agree that no one likes gnomes whatsoever. Right. So, <laughs> um, but, no, I just kind of turn that up, that I'm just better than everyone. So, it just kind of, you you find that part, and I guess it's kind of, like, a little bit acting, but that's Dungeons and & Dragons, and, and that doesn't translate into video games as much, but you can kind of, like, uh, you can find parts of that in other characters that you like, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you know, I talk about like how much I like Sylvanas. I'm like, I always enjoy dark, mysterious characters who kind of get belt, dealt a bad hand, and then they come out like a little like slighted and stubborn and angry, but they're more powerful. You know, so because in a way, she's she's very Vader esque in a sense that her anger and her vengeance is what fuels her most of the time. Yeah, because I mean, she she was made this way against her will, and then she fought against the thing that did that. And now that's out of the way. What's what's keeping her in check of almost becoming the thing that created her? Yeah, and that's you know it's no, complex it, yeah, and it it's is, interesting. Yeah. And I know people that like because you you're you're pro alliance and and uh, and anytime we talk about any of the characters you know in that it's like we we align and gravitate towards certain ones. I mean I I, I can admit that there are certain ones that I do like. You know I think Varian's a cool dude. I no I would argue that Blizzard does a good job of presenting uh, a gray area for both factions yeah. of that. But just yeah I guess I mean if I'm if I was to start a World of Warcraft right now and roll a character I, you know like I always I always do this thing I don't know if you try where it's like maybe it's World of Warcraft or like Dragon Age or something where I'm like you know what I'm not going to play a warrior I'm going to play a, a different thing that I don't normally play I'm going to go completely against how I feel about this and try to challenge myself yeah. and then three levels later I'm like where's the biggest sword that I can find and can I swing it but that's that identity thing yeah. we're talking about so it's like you always kind of gravitate back like whenever I play games like Dragon Age or uh, like even Skyrim or Skyrim like, yeah. I always go mage because I just always want to do spells and I, things I always go like just just a guy that can just kill everything with a sword because I just think in the long term it's going to be easier for me to find weapons and armor than it is for me to level anything yeah and but I, but i know when i first started like, those games i'm always like you know what i'm gonna be a thief i'm gonna be yeah. an archer and then i miss every shot i take and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go grab a sword and we're gonna you don't miss with that and then i miss with that but it, yeah for me that turns into the mechanics part like because if they put a good mechanic in there for being an assassin or a thief then i love playing some stealth games like metal gear solid um that's always fun or uh tenchu if you ever played any of the tenchu games I, I did not like um, those. Some of those had some really cool stealth kill mechanics, but like it, it boils down to it. But like with me, when I'm always picking a mage, it's like I want to have utility. Like I like having, you know, uh, a plethora of spells I can kind of choose from. Like, and I know a lot of games nowadays, if you're going to play a warrior, it's more than just point and click. Yeah. And you kind of have like flourishes and you've got whirlwinds and all that other stuff. But, um, you know, it boils down to what you feel comfortable with. You know, same thing with like Overwatch when we talked about like who you main. Like, uh, you know, um, there were people who there who had diva jackets and and McCree shirts, but they liked playing Junkrat more. You know, is it because they think Junkrat's a funny Australian guy that blows things up, or you know, do they just happen to like throwing grenades around and they're more successful with that? Yeah, I mean that's true. I like I'm sure there's a complexity of this topic that I'm I that I have not got into because I was reading some papers about this about the separation of like like we've you you've already hit on this a little bit about how reading a book in the first person where you're reading where this is like and I did this and I went there and I did that the reader doesn't assume that it's them they assume it's the person who wrote the book yeah and then watching a movie. It, there's even there's still you they said that basically sitting there your perception about what you're watching can be can change but the movie itself is going to be the same no matter what in mm -hmm. a game though when it's put in, when when you're putting the perspective of I you immediately start claiming some ownership as opposed to the voice of the character and it's an interesting thought like I'll, I'll use and I know we're bouncing all over franchises here um, the original Dead Space game put out by EA uh, you play as Isaac Clark and uh, 
and he is an engineer put on this this terrible ship that's just like this full of like alien nightmare garbage and he he's there because he's an engineer to fix the ship he's not there to be a hero you do not hear a single word out of isaac the entire game you hear you hear him panicked breathing like it's like he's just an engineer what are you gonna do you know the second game they gave him a voice and it felt i love the second game but I've already identified with the mute Isaac and I've already had my own experiences with him. Well, there's a lot of games that do that where the the player is mute for whatever reason that they don't record voiceovers and, and some of them work, some of them don't, you know, like your, your, um, your mass effects and your, um, uh, your Knights of the Old Republic, where the the player has a voice that's different. You know, you've got multiple choices and things, but, um, I think a, 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 a game where the player is mute, um, you kind of get more of a, uh, more identity that way. You kind of like because you're right. I played the first um, uh, what do you call um, Dead Space? Dead Space. I didn't play the second one. I played the first one, and yeah, Isaac not talking made me feel like that was me in that whole scenario. You know, anytime yeah. anytime they don't give a voice to the character, and the only voice they have is the decisions you're making, then that gives you more identity for that character. Because you really ultimately don't know what's going on in their head. Yeah. You know, like, and also another good example, and this this is a mind bender, is the first Bioshock game, where like you you as um I think his name was Jack, you eventually mm-hmm. figure out, you don't talk, you just you just pick up radios and you get radioed in and everything. I don't think you talk. Which, uh, which game? The first Bioshock. I don't think your character really talks. Yeah, no, I was just going to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you're being sent on all these things, so you don't really know what you're thinking until you get the midpoint of the game and realize that um, that uh, 2K uh, has been pulling a fast one on you the entire time. And, and the, so it's like almost the being the mute there is different because you're being forced along a line and you begin to wonder, is it because you're making these decisions or are they being made for you? But you you don't know what your character's thinking other than you got to go to the next objective, and I, I don't know. Like I feel like it, that sometimes I'll have a I'll have a dialogue with myself as I'm playing a game as I'm like why like you know I got to go do that now what, what what's going on with yeah. this, and you're right you do identify and you do put purpose with that. Um, <laughs> I think that's another reason why like the Friday Thirteenth game is so interesting because Jason doesn't talk but the players Jason can talk. You know, so it's like this is a guy who's been a mute this entire time, and you could you could chase people down and talk to them, and that changes that dynamic a little bit. Going to get you, yeah, going to get you. I and this is just it's an interesting thing to me, and I think that this could be. I feel like we're there. There's bigger topics in yeah. here. I mean, you can even yeah. look into fighting games, like like we talked about. Like I I play Akuma a lot, but then like you've got like Mortal Kombat and um, King of Fighters, Tekken, Virtue Fighter. It's like you know what makes you choose to play a character. Like I play Heihachi a lot in Tekken, but I don't like eighty year old Japanese karate masters. <laughs> you know what I mean? I you know I think Heihachi's got a great skill set, and you know, and then there's some characters that I can't use. Like I can't use Eddie Gordo for crap. Well, that's just like an Overwatch. Like I I really enjoy Lucio's uh, kit as a as a character, and uh, you know just play style. I wasn't exactly keen on like oh, I don't want the super positive DJ. Like I wasn't all about that. But then as I'm super playing positive DJ, that's what he is. You he know, is. he's like we're going to be great. You know, and it's like and but the more I played him, the more that character grew on me. But I enjoyed playing that. You know, so there there's times where I'll come to a playability and then appreciate more. I guess you know. So you're right. Like it's. I don't know why we get drawn to the things we do, and I think that's and credit to Blizzard. I know we keep talking about Blizzard in this sense, but they. Every one of their games, I mean, well, except for StarCraft, but I know there's there's custom uh, uh, there's customization of how you decide to attack the map, not necessarily the character that you're playing yeah. as. But they always usually give you 
a small amount of ownership with everything they do, yeah. you know, and and there's power there, you know, like, whether it's World of Warcraft ruling a character, whether it's Hearthstone building a deck around a class, yeah. you know, and Heroes of the Storm where you pick your skills as you go. But I mean, you still kind of, that's still, even though I'm sure you still look at some of the meta builds and kind of pick things that way, but there's probably still one or two skills that you just like better, even if they're saying not to go with those. Well, even games like Heroes of the Storm and Dota 2 and League of Legends, like you get into, you get into like the complexity of identifying with a character, thinking they're cool, loving their mechanical kit, and then also filling a role. The same thing with Overwatch. There's people that, you know, that can flex. That's one of the things we always talk about in Heroes of the Storm. It's like, can you flex? Can you go, can you play a tank? Can you play a healer if we need one? You know, can you play a specialist if we need one? It's like maybe the team, the team's full up on nothing but damage and, and, and uh, assassins. We need somebody to switch. You know, can you adjust to that role? And there's some people that will automatically gravitate and main to that because of whatever reason. I used to play with a guy, he would always play healers, always play healers. He loved playing healers. And that was always one of the most either, I don't want to say boring or complex classes, but they were essential. But everybody, when they play games, they just want to shoot stuff, cut it up, stab it, whatever. Yeah. They want to play DPS. So it's always unique when you find somebody that wants to play a tank, wants to play a healer. Some people are naturally, they want to identify with somebody who can defend everyone, or they want to identify somebody who can heal people or help them. So, you know, where do you identify with? You know, that's the that's always the question. It's like, you know, what do you, you know, if you main Reinhardt when you play other games, do you tend to gravitate towards bigger, tankier, buffer characters than when you have an option, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I know um like you mentioned Destiny 2, like we talked about this before we started yeah. recording is coming out soon. And I, I did the first thing I went towards was the Guardian. Like I like I kind of liked oh, uh, the, the Titan. The Titan. That's what yeah. it's, they're all Guardians. I'm sorry. The Titan with his uh, his his shield and his smash. Like I, I I went towards that versus like some more of the finesse stuff. You know. Like, and I went yeah. towards the Warlock because yeah. they seem like they were spellcasters, and they are. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's. I mean, no matter you know, a leopard can change its spots. It can buy skins in the you know the store for for money. You know, for, for virtual currency. But ultimately, I guess. Unless someone's in denial, you're always going to be you. That's how I always feel. I'm always going to be me no matter what game I'm playing. And I, I think eventually, if, if it's an option, my personality starts poking through the character. Even if something as simple as like freaking um, uh, car soccer, uh, Rocket League. Rocket League. It's like, I'm like, oh, that's a stupid hat. I want to put that on my car. Like, yeah. it's just, I feel like that's always like so. So, yeah, I guess that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, if you if it's something that... I guess when people say they main, it's what they like. But I also, I feel like there, there's this pressure to be like, well, I main this, I main that. And it's like, especially with the Overwatch, it's like, I don't feel like you should be stuck with like three characters. I feel like you should say, well, this is what I can do, you know, right. versus, you know. You got to flex in those games. You got to flex. Except have, for me. I can't I, play, I can't play Widowmaker. I have all my assassins. I have my healers. There's ones I can't use. There's ones I can use. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess yeah we'll just we'll we'll wrap up this portion here. Uh, you guys could tell us like how do you feel about like characters that you make? Like I know Joe sometimes likes like thinking of the, the character's backstory, and then there's other times people are like, can this thing hit as hard as possible? Like what? Why do you choose what you choose? And how do you how do you view like a single player game experience like Last of Us or God of War, where the characters are in front of you and you you just take them from point A to point B and it's an experience? How do you feel about those? So let us know on our Facebook page. We're also on evasionthepodcast.com. Uh, we do have a blog there. We promise that's there. 
Uh, we also have a Twitter. It's Innovating Podcast. We have uh, a Gmail address, which is, is important here in a minute. It's invadingpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us there. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's uh, That is in a way that if you guys like this show and you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash invasion of the podcast. You could donate as little as a dollar, more than that if you'd like uh, to support us. You could do it one-time donation or monthly. Um, and that was something also that I will update as we get more, you know, more involved. Uh, that would just be a good way to help keep the show support. So we appreciate that. So it's patreon.com slash invasion, the podcast, and that's it. I got nothing else to show. So, uh, um, should we, should we do, should we do the giveaway now? Let's do the giveaway. Let's do the giveaway. Okay. Let's do the giveaway. Still trying to give stuff away. You guys don't even know. You've been listening for an hour. For an hour. Sorry. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So all right. fire, fire. All right. So we're going to do, we'll do what we did last time. We're going to do the alien coloring book first. It's amazing how rhythmic I am after a week. I can still hit that just the same way. Yes. Well, I mean, you, you mained as a drummer in rock band, right? I play the drums in the beginning of the show. <laughs> if you guys don't know, actually, no, I never played drums in rock band. I was terrible at drums. I was joking. Um, so I left this in here just to, just to call it out. Um, this, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is Amy. This is your girlfriend. Oh, that was no. going to win the, she can't win. Sorry. Uh, she, I know she's gonna be sad, but I wanted to be like, no, you can't win. So she let's probably didn't even listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, if she did, she missed out. She walked so. over and she's like filling out. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, you can't win. All right. So who I pulled after that is uh, Sergio. Uh, and your ticket number, Sergio is two, one, zero, zero, six, seven. So Sergio, two one zero zero six seven for the alien coloring book. Alien coloring book. So then, there's that. And now next, we're going to do the Batman and Joker tumblers. Oh, make sure you label that one. Did you already put? The oh, this book? is yeah. the the alien. Yeah. So Batman and Joker tumblers. A little scientific here. Who do we have? Megan, uh, Megan has won. Her ticket number is two one zero zero nine one. Ticket number two one zero zero nine one. Megan, contact us at Invading Podcast. That's I N V A D I N G Podcast P O D C A S T at gmail.com. and let us know that, that this is you, and you will win the Batman and Joker tumblers. It's Megan. Megan? No. Oh. <laughs> All right, so we got the animation loot crate coming up next. See, I didn't want to tell you guys because it's like all four items are up for grabs still. So there's potential for some big winners yeah. here. <laughs> Even the shaking the, the tickets here. Uh, I went to the gym yesterday and someone showed me some new upper arm exercises. This hurts to even shake this right now. It's so bad. Ah. Yeah, I'm trying to get back in good habits. And I can't even lift a ticket out of a box here. All right. So we got... The worst is when I do lunges. I can't walk for like two days. All right. I believe... You're going to have to help me with this. Oh, let me see. I believe this is Matthew. Oh, my gosh. Matthew. Yes, Matthew. Yeah. And, and what's his ticket number? Matthew's ticket number is 210031. And that is for the loot crate. Yes. So congratulations. Oh, and then last but not least, the man of the hour. The man's of the hour. I feel like everybody's like in, in the in the in their 
in their bathroom right now with their decoder ring. Yeah. Like trying drink your oval drink teen. your oval teen. All right. So we got the Overwatch pop figures. Um, you could not win if you don't identify, if you don't main as uh, Widowmaker or 76, though. No. No, kidding. we're just kidding. Just no Bastions. If we find out you main Bastion, <laughs> yeah. we're drawing another ticket. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Um, all right. We got Ethan. Ethan, you have you have won the Funko Pops. Uh, your ticket number is 210-094. 210-094. Ethan, again, uh, just email us at Invading Podcast so we can verify your email. Um, if you want to show us the ticket as well, if you still have it after two weeks, that'd be fine. But the email has to match the email that we have on the ticket. And that's it. So uh, congratulations to you guys. Sorry if the other people that if you are listening now and realize that you missed your window, I apologize, but you had seven days. So for the, for that, I got to say. Game over, yeah! You did win. You did win those. But the people that did win here, congratulations. So let us know. And now uh, we, we have a, it's not really a game, but we got to get there somehow. Time to play the game. So last week, again, we missed this because it's once a week. Uh, it was National Dog Day. Yeah. So we just figured it'd be uh, was fun. Was it Sunday or Saturday? It, yeah, I think it was Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we just wanted to do a quick like uh, top 10 list of uh, good dogs and bad dogs from pop culture. We so. haven't really done a top 10 list in a while. Not so a while. I was like, oh, this is cool. I like it. Um, uh, I... I went with the top 10 dogs kind of like, like to me, okay. like, I mean, there are a lot of like, like fan favorites out there, obviously, like, but I kind of ignored a couple of those, like, you know, obviously Snoopy and, and, um, uh, like underdog, you know, those guys, but like, I was kind of like, you know, these, these dogs are, some of them may be a little unknown. Some of them, uh, you may know, explain who they are, but these dogs actually, these are, co- these are cooler dogs than I think those dogs and Scooby-Doo and all that stuff. Okay. So, uh, do you want me to go, do you want to go, you want to go one for one? We'll do, do one want, for one. You want so me you, to shoot down the list? No, you got, you got, you have dogs that you like, so right. I think you have good dogs, I have bad good dogs. dogs. So, I have, uh, number 10 is coming in is the Beast, aka Hercules from the Sandlot. Oh, I here's a confession. Yeah, I've not seen the Sandlot. You've not seen the Sandlot? No, you're I, killing me, Small. So, yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Thank killing you. me. Uh, uh, yeah, no, like that. Do, do you remember that that Sandlot spinoff that they did that was direct to video, and they played the trailer at that video Voldemort's uh, video store, and he had to hear that uh, what was a California Baby song over and over again on the loop. It was a it was a Sandlot like direct to video. It remember. drove me nuts, and I shouldn't hate the first movie because of the second one, but whatever. Anyway, oh, the first so. movie's great, but yep. yeah, that's uh, Darth Vader's dog uh, Hercules. Okay, so. Uh, so for number ten, for my bad dogs, I have the Taco Bell dog, the Chihuahua. Oh yeah, because bad habits. And you find out later on that the the advertising firm that was behind that, they Taco Bell really didn't increase their sales. They increased their visibility, but no one was buying food because of that dog. And so it was, it was kinda, like a gimmicky thing. Like they kind of were like, "Oh, I like that little dog. I already know about Taco Bell." Well, though. it was kind of the same thing with the Burger King King. How like everyone was aware of Burger King's like advertising, but it wasn't equating to sales. I feel like Spuds McKenzie probably was in that boat too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, number ten, I have um, buttons from Mindy and buttons from uh, uh, Animaniacs. Yes. Did okay. you ever watch that? 
uh, Mindy. Mindy was the, she was the, um, which one was she? She was like the little kid. And she would always just walk off oh, and get in trouble. Oh, oh, oh yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The dog, like, the big dog, was always worried. Always yeah, going after her. Okay. Was like always freaking out, like trying to stop like anvils and, from falling on. And her. then at the end, he, they were always kind of shit on because like it looked like oh nothing had happened, and this dog yeah. was like run through the paces. Yep, and the dog was just beat up, and it's just like this dog did everything so that this baby wouldn't get murdered. And then at the end, they're just like, oh, Buttons, you ruined the entire house. And it's like, meanwhile, your kid could have died 20 times since you've been at work. So, so that was uh, that was your number nine? That was my number nine. Okay. So, so my number nine, Bad Dogs, is Muttley. Uh, oh, yeah. Because he's just he's just a villain sidekick, and he has that laugh. He's got the best laugh. He does have the best <laughs> laugh, but he, I can't do it right it's now. like... Um, Asthma laugh. Yeah, uh, but he is a bad dog because he is a villain's uh, sidekick. Dick Dastardly Zog. Yes. Yeah. Um, number eight, I had Doug from uh, uh, Up, which, I mean... I love Doug. Doug's... D-U-G, Doug. Not, my, my name is Doug, and I love you. I love Let's, you. I, uh, Up is one of the greatest films that will make you ball your eyes out in the first 20 minutes, laugh your ass off in the next 20 minutes, yeah. and then you still... Like, I don't know how I did that, but like the moment Doug shows up, the movie just kind of kicks into a different gear. It does. Doug and then Kevin the Bird. He does like, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> I love Doug. But I, yeah, Doug was awesome. Squirrel. Squirrel. All right. So, um, um, yeah, my number eight is Dog the Bounty Hunter for Bad Dogs. Oh, yeah, he's a bad dog. I mean, he's a bounty hunter, but yeah. I just, I. I really I wanted know. to put, like, some dogs on here, like people like Snoop Dogg, but I didn't. <laughs> but I, yeah. Honorable sorry. mention. Snoop is an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. My number seven is K9, uh, Doctor Who's companion. I guess Sarah Jane's companion. Well, he was in K9, from what I know, he was. Um, one of the doctors can like he was with the doctor and one yeah. of the earlier doctors, but then he showed up again briefly in the tenant run and then, yeah. be, and then went off to be partnered with Sarah Jane in the spinoff. Yeah. The, was it Sarah Jane Chronicles? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, canine was always kind of there and had his back. Like, you know, like I think he kind of used him in conjunction with the sonic screwdriver to fix a lot of problems. Yeah. So uh, you're right. He's a good dog. He's uh, good dog. so number seven, <laughs> mad dog tannin, from Back to the Future Part Three, <laughs> I, I like so. I was just trying to think of dogs that may not have been on your radar. So I was really trying yeah, to go. No, all no, over the place. no. Dog the Bounty Hunter was not on my radar. Yeah, but Mad Dog Tannen. You know, don't you call him like, Yellow? I think it was. Yeah. Or, or no, you don't call him Mad Dog. That was something that pissed him off, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, he was not a good. He was not a good. Uh, good dog. Or um, Tannen. My number six was Zero from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, the little floaty dog. The little floaty the Jack dog. Skellington's dog. Yeah. Like, Zero was always kind of there. Like, I feel like Zero knew what was going on all the time. Like, anytime Jack was kind of making, like, a bad decision about, like, taking over Christmas, like, Zero was like, eh. He always had this look on his face like, I don't think you should do this. <laughs> but then, like, when Jack was in trouble, Zero would always try and help him out, so... And plus, he was basically Rudolph. That's that's true. Yeah, so, so uh, good dog. So number six on my bad dog list, I have Poochie from The Simpsons when Homer stepped in to be the like the like the what was it the Gen X games rad and cool dog that was added to the Itchy and Scratchy show because he had an attitude, mm. and then they eventually got they they did they dished him quickly, in one of the most uh, unceremoniously ways possible where they just take the single frame animation and move it up out of the screen and they they butcher his voice saying he has to go back to his home planet now, <laughs> like but yeah Poochie pretty um, bad dog. My number five was Sam the uh, German Shepherd from I Am Legend with Will Smith. And to this day, we'll always 
be the actor that stole the show in that movie because that whole movie I was okay with up until that dog died and then I didn't care what happened to Will Smith. So is it just because the dog was the better character or are you one of those people that are like, if the dog dies, I no, can't watch this? No, I thought this. the dog was the better character. Okay. Like, I don't know. I like the whole movie. Like I was just like, oh, I want a dog like that to go around and like, you know, go on adventures and stuff. And she listens to me and, and she, she eats, she eats at the dinner table with me and then she protects me from the vampire zombie things. And, and then I was like, oh no, she's going to die. And then I was like, yeah, it was the worst. But, <laughs> but I was always so happy when him and the dog were hanging out, like in the, in the Corvette and stuff. I was like, yeah, I just want to roll around with the dog. Um, but yeah, I, I like that dog a lot. I don't know why. I so, hated that whole movie except for the dog. I, I have not actually seen that movie <laughs> its entirety. Um, read the book. There were the, was it the I Am Legend book is really good. Uh, so number five on my bad dogs is Ren Hoek of Ren and Stimpy. I forgot that was Ren's last name. Yeah, because he's always he's yeah. always causing Steamy. problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Just I going used door to, watch, to door selling rubber nipples, you know, whatever. Oh like, man, I used to watch Ren and Stimpy so much when I was like like ten. And then coming to space 10. madness. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um number four, I had Gen Greymane. So <laughs> Yeah, Gen, I, like Gen, Gen, I like it. He's a werewolf. He's but, a werewolf. Yeah. Gen's Gen's a good dog. I he mean he's dog. he's kinda he's he's pretty much like like Clint Eastwood werewolf. Like I mean, uh Gen's from World of Warcraft. He's a he's a leader of the Worgen. This we should just call him Werewolf Eastwood from now yeah. on. I love Werewolf him. Eastwood. Yeah. And that's his new name. Um so number four for bad dogs, whatever the mascot is for the Cleveland Browns, that's a pretty <laughs> bad dog. I think it's a bulldog. I don't know. It's a bad like and nothing against that dog. And I, I I'm a Browns fan. And I have hope, but Browns fans always have hope this time of year because not a real game has been played. So yeah. until until they do better, that's a bad dog. Oh, geez. All right. Number three, I had Dogmeat from Fallout 4. Um, Dogmeat, I feel like he is like the um, the virtual brother of Sam from I Am, yeah. I Am Legend. Because like, like when... When I saw dog meat, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, it gets to be like I am legend. I'm like, I got a German shepherd buddy that's always there on adventures with me. So, and dog meat would, I mean, I, I, I got to play Fallout right when it came out. So dog meat helped me, helped me max all my stats out with that little cheat where you could dupe the book. <laughs> so without, so do- he was your partner in crime. Yeah. Without dog meat, I couldn't cheat at Fallout 4. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, number three on my bad dogs is Cujo. Oh, yeah. It wasn't his fault, but he was a pretty bad dog. He's a bad dog. Yeah. Why wasn't it his fault? Well, he got bit by a bat that had rabies. Really? Like, it was just rabies? Yeah. Oh. What, did you think it was like a demon possession or something? That's more up Stephen King's alley. No, that, that, well, like that book is a straight up just a dog that has rabies, but he, I don't know if he remembers writing it because he was so coked out at the time mm. that it's just, it is just, it is a rough book. Yeah. No pun intended, no, no pun intended talking about dogs. Um, Speaking of someone getting rabies, that, that's what's going on in the background. My number two is Ghost uh, from Game of Thrones. So. I, I like that you're including wolves in here, and not necessarily because do- wolves are different than dogs, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I got humans in here, so. But yeah, you Ghost do. is. Yeah, right. I don't have Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> ghost is a good dog. He's he a, good is a good companion. Good uh, so my number two for bad dogs is, is uh, Droopy, because screw that guy. I don't like Droopy. He's the you know the blue dog. It's always sad. It's like no Droopy's isn't he white? Well, he's blue bluish. You know, he has, I thought he was like a white hound. Oh dog. no, he is white with yeah. You're thinking of Huckleberry? Uh, yeah, Huckleberry hound. Huckleberry screw Huckleberry him too. But no, blue. Droopy's white with like the little orange tuft in the hair. Yeah. Why yeah. did he have to be blue? Because yeah, I don't. He's blue. He's just literally um, blue. You and know? Uh, my number one good dog is uh, Baxter from Anchorman. Yes. 
So is, that's I mean, a good call. That's the, I was thinking of that earlier today, and I forgot. I was going to put that yep. down on my list. I mean, for, what yeah. other dog do you know that can bark in Spanish? <laughs> and fight off bears. Yeah. Well, sorry, and talk to bears. And talk to bears. So, he, talk, so, he speaks bear, Spanish, and English. So some honorable mentions I have for my good dogs before we get to my, my number one bad dog. I just want to mention Ubu because he's a good dog. Yeah. So sit. Uh, Buck Bundy. I wanted to mention him. Oh, yeah, Buck. Uh, uh, the Junkyard Dog. I wanted to mention him. <laughs> uh, I had K9. Uh, McGruff, the Crime Dog. Uh, That's he's a good a pretty yeah. decent dog. Uh, Milo from The Mask, the one that helps Jim Carrey. Yeah. Got keys. Yep. Mr. Peanut Butter from Bojack Horseman, which I know you don't watch that show, but that's. Uh, I'm aware of Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had Seymour from Futurama in there as well, because he oh, waited yeah. for Fry. One of the saddest yeah, episodes ever. I was going to look up, because uh, that's straight from The Odyssey. That was like Ulysses' dog. Um, so my number one bad dog of all time is Scrappy Doo. Oh, really? I hate Scrappy Doo. Yeah, why? Yeah, it's just he's just annoying. He's like just like they they wanted to add more kid appeal and comedy into a show that was already with a dog that kind of talked yeah. that got high with his buddy. You know, like I don't know what else you need to add on there. Like then there was like what was it? Um, Scooby Dumb, the other one too. I hated that one. That was like the doofus one. Oh, the gray yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Um, but Scrappy Doo, Scooby Dumb, it was Scooby Dumb. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, it's just stupid. Um, but yeah, that's it. So uh, our very scientific list of good dogs and bad dogs. If you guys agree or disagree, or have ones that we forgot to mention, um, the only bad dog I came up with because I was trying to come up with bad dog list was um. Uh, Gamork, who is the 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 wolf from the Never Ending Story? Oh, like okay, th- that's associated with the nothing. Oh, um, well, yeah, that's that's fair. I yeah. have not. It's been a long time since I've seen I, that. Movie. I haven't seen it in a long yeah. time, but I just remember that dude hunting uh, a tray you down. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> the band, not the, 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 not band. the character. <laughs> yeah, that wolf is after that band. Yeah. I don't think it's caught him yet. So, so that's our, that's our list of dogs. So uh, uh, next week, um, well, one, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Have some fun and to, yeah. to take it easy. Enjoy the end of summer. Kind of not not officially into summer. Oh but no, don't is, say that. Yeah, that's still coming. We're about to roll into September, which September. What I feel like there's something that always happens in September. The last two years that we did casting. Maybe maybe it's just a filler because I know once October hits, it's pretty much horror. We need to yeah, we need to figure out ramp up horror. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and so and I have a plan. I have a plan. He's a Cylon for the year uh, for the year of westerns or the year of the western. Are you going to watch Cylon westerns? I'm going to watch Cylon. I'm going to watch Westworld on a loop. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, Those are Cylon Westerns. Yeah, so there should be some news coming about the, about the year of the Western. The, so the quarter year of the Western coming soon. Um, but yeah, next week we're going to be talking about Marvel's Secret Empire, um, the the arc. Uh, it's the comic arc. Uh, and so then, about a year or two, about a year and a half ago, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Captain America said Hail Hydra, and it caused a shitstorm on the internet. <laughs> So this is kind of like the end byproduct of that. Yeah. They did a whole event as to like how Cap is a bad guy. So I figure since we've actually, um, the last two times we've actually read a comic talked about, they're DC related. And and that's fine. I, that's actually been good. Like, why not why not give Marvel some love, which we always do anyway. But I have, we haven't actually talked about a Marvel comic in a bit. So we're yeah. going to talk about Secret Empire. Uh, it is recently wrapped up, like Joe said, so you guys can go pick it up. I think the last issue came out today. Um, yeah, there you go. So we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, like I said, enjoy your holiday weekend. Those that did win tonight, or whenever we post this, which will be tomorrow morning, so not really tonight, make sure you email us at Invading Podcast so we can verify your email so we get your stuff out to you. Because uh, as much as we like this cool stuff, knowing that it's not ours is just taunting us. So please let us know. Let us know your yeah. name, your ticket number. You could take a picture of the ticket. You could tell us you have the ticket, and then we will match it up with your email address on the ticket. 
and we will send it to you. Yeah. So however you like. Yes. So uh, that'll do it for us this week, uh, and we'll we'll see you next time talking about Secret Empire.